got a great idea. Yeah, we call it the idea, a special segment here in Bloomberg Markets, where we focus at length on a single investing idea, indeed on a single stock. So, but we're not going to tell you the stock just yet. We want to coach you up on, on, the, on, the, on the sector and, and what's going on in that industry so we can kind of get a deep dive but really understand the, the, uh, the context for what's going on. So to help us with that, Bloomberg Intelligence, U.S. Regional Banks analyst uh, Harvey Lay joined us. Yes, regional banks. There is a particular regional banks will focus, bank will focus on. But tell me, uh, you know, in, in, in the macro environment with this interest rate environment so low, with the economy sort of growing a little bit, what's working in, in, in uh, regional banks and what isn't, uh, uh, Harvey? Sure. So first thing I'll start off with is uh, net interest margins. So obviously uh, in 2Q, you've got a full quarter of the March rate hike in, uh, as well as you know, partial quarter of the June rate hike, as well as continued limited movement in deposit rates. And all that's really uh, helped banks continue to see expanding net interest margins. Um, most banks uh, that have reported so far, they're beating consensus net interest margin estimates, and the outlooks are uh, for continued movement upwards. <clears throat> and the one thing I'd like to add also is that consensus uh, estimates for the full year for net interest margin have have been inching higher in recent months, and the 2Q results have certainly been supportive of that. Hey, Har Harvey, how do we look at um, regional or community banks differently from the big banks? Sure. So uh, the regional banks in general, this is not true for every regional bank, but in general are more focused on the bread and butter business of banking, which is taking deposits and making loans. Um, Imagine that. <laughs> Yeah, so, so the bigger banks, obviously, like the J.P. Morgans of the world, uh, obviously have a big investment banking franchise, sales and trading, and, and other types of businesses. So easier to analyze because it is essentially just taking money in and making loans for the most part? Uh, easier in some ways, but harder in others as well uh, because you just focus on certain metrics more than others. Uh, it, it's interesting, too. I mean, as we start to look at these, I mean, is it is it about... Do they have to be in the right industry, or is it just about having really good loan officers and seeing growth in certain places? I, I was up in, in wine country yesterday and talking to a guy who had been a, a community banker, and he was saying, you know, I, I worked with this great construction firm, and I knew whatever deals they were going to do were going to be smartly done. And so I made sure to give them the money because we get paid back. And he, he sort of knew that that was a good customer for him, and that was all about being a good loan officer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just getting back to the point that that's the bread and butter of what they do, right, is they, they uh, take deposits, make loans, and the third part of that is managing credit risk, right, to make sure that they get all the payments that they expect as well as the principal back. So that, that, that really is the bread and butter of what they do. How much of what a community or regional bank, you know, the health of their business is going to be based on how great that local or regional economy is doing? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think one good example of that is actually PNC, where uh, they're expanding into new markets in, in their commercial banking franchise, and just due to the due to the nature of how well established their relationship is nationwide, uh, as well as the efforts they've made to make inroads into the communities there, they, they've actually had a lot of success picking up market share uh, off of relatively small bases. Um, what what are the things that go right in this industry? Is, is again, is is it about being in the right sort of community? I mean, we we talked about a bank a year, I don't know, a few months ago that was is fo focused in the south, and they were uh, kind of growing their footprint in terms of acquiring banks, but they were also happened to be catching some industries that were that were growing rapidly. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, a good example of that in the current environment is actually uh, commercial real estate as well as auto lending. There are certain areas in the market that you know you might view as 
either A, having potential red flags in terms of credit, or they're not generating the right ROEs and returns on capital that you want to see. And so you don't want to spread yourself too thin uh, and getting into those type of businesses at the wrong time. Let me ask you, and we're talking with Harvey Lay. He's Bloomberg Intelligence, U.S. Regional Banks Analyst. This is part of our The Idea, and we're going to dig a little bit deeper and get into one single investment idea in just a moment. But it has to do, obviously, with the uh, community regional banking space. Um, Let me just ask you in terms of – what was I going to ask you now? There's so much money that is around, like, for companies, right? To you know, and that's where you know traditional community banks would help businesses. But there's so many things from Kickstarter, if you want to go on like a kind of a basic level, to just family offices and venture capitalists. There's just so much money around there. How does that impact some of these names? Sure. So I think that's uh, that's kind of a big secular question in terms of who who are going to be the sources of capital in the future, right? And I think from the bank's perspective, what they would argue is, look, we uh, have a rock solid balance sheet. So when times are rough, we'll be there for you when you need a loan. Uh, it's unclear of some of these startups and venture capitalists that you're referring to uh, in, in a recessionary environment when nobody's trying to lend, if they will be around to provide for you. So uh, just being a bank funded with deposits, funded with, uh, excuse me, funded with deposits and just having an, ex- an established presence in the communities that they've been in for decades or in some cases hundreds of years, it's uh, certainly a testament to their strength. I do wonder, too, if like businesses still want to have that access to loans where they don't necessarily have to give up equity in order to have kind of a liquidity event, right? Right. Another good point, yes. Um, when we look at the growth of these banks, you know, what is a trick here, just about uh, 30 seconds left here, in terms of acquiring a bank and, and knowing that you're acquiring some good assets and not bad assets, whether it's uh, through the FDIC or, or through acquisitions? Yeah, so it, it's become really tricky in the current environment. You've, you hear actually a lot of bank CEOs saying that they don't want to acquire other whole banks at this point in the cycle because it's, they carry so much legacy risk in terms of their balance sheets, the loans that they make that they just can't. Uh, understand from a numbers perspective, uh, it goes beyond that. And so you've, hear, you've heard a lot of banks here say that they're not really interested in doing that going forward. Interesting. In other words, the stuff in the market is garbage. <laughs> uh, Ouch. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put <laughs> in those words, but yes. <laughs> You'll let me do it. Uh, great stuff. Uh, Harvey Lay, Bloomberg Intelligence, uh, U.S. Regional Banks Analyst. Uh, great stuff. That's what we're focusing on right now. The idea, an in-depth look into a single investing idea, a single stock here to help us uh, find out exactly what that stock is. We've just talked a little bit about more broadly about the community and regional banking space, but we're going to drill down a little bit, get more specific. Don Wardell is with us. He's portfolio manager at Ridgeworth uh, Capital, and he joins us right now uh, on the phone. And... um, Corey, can we reveal the name yet? Well, I guess maybe even uh, more interesting, Donna, is sort of how you pick this name. You look at the community banks, you see some have got good businesses, some don't. Before you tell us the name, tell us sort of your criteria of how you sort of look for this thing and try to pick this name. Sure. So our, our process is really uh, it's really straightforward in that it has you know, dividend valuation fundamentals. And so when you look at those three things uh, together, uh, this name will uh, come right to the top as something that the fundamental story uh, is so attractive that, yes, the valuation might be a little bit uh, on the high side relative to the group, but it's well worth it. You have an outstanding uh, asset, an outstanding company here with a great management team uh, that we think you know is, is just uh, going to uh, continue on their, their 
you know, their uh, corporate plan here, and we think it's been great. It's been great for the few multiple years we've owned it. We we, we don't have any uh, reason to think that's going to change going forward. All right. So, uh, oh, go there ahead. You go. Let her rip. What do you, what do you got? <laughs> you want me to say the name? Yeah, tell me. Well, tell me. Tell us what it is and why you like it. <laughs> it's MB Financial, uh, ticker MBFI. It's uh, primarily a Chicago-based, uh, uh, you know, it's a small bank, uh, you know, $19 billion in total assets, about $4 billion in market cap. Uh, very attractive, uh, you know, story when it flows through your process. You know, we're looking at, uh, you know, a decent dividend yield of 1.8%, which is pretty attractive relative to where, uh, you know, risk-free rates are in the, in the marketplace. Uh, you know, this company over the last, uh, gosh, since 2000, they've done, I think, 15 acquisitions. But more importantly, they really uh, took advantage of, uh, you know, the, 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 the financial crisis and did a whole lot of acquisitions uh, during that time period and were able to uh, grow the business and grow the franchise. You know, Mitch has done a great job running the bank. He's supremely focused on uh, risk-adjusted returns. Mitch Figure, the CEO. On capital. Yeah, Mitch Figure, the CEO. He's done a great job uh, being supremely focused on, uh, you know, risk-adjusted returns on capital. He's invested in fee-income-generating businesses, which now gets, you know, that up to about 40% well, let's, of revenue. All right, so, well, let's, 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 let's break this up a little bit. So, because sure, so, sure. I want to focus on the fee-income. I want to focus on the, on the acquisitions. What kind of acquisitions do you like that these guys did? Because they've continued to do acquisitions well well after the uh, the financial crisis. Sure. So the deals that we like are ones where they can take some costs out, they get some deposits, uh, you, you know, and they get these demand deposits. So they're not paying up for deposits. They get these uh, demand deposits that come with these acquisitions that have strong returns, and then they can uh, hire. Basically, what you're getting is you can take some costs out, or you get some really good revenue generators. In other words, you will get some commercial bankers that can drive loan growth. And so, that, and, and we think that there's a tremendous amount of back office cost savings. And uh, and then we also like to see one of the things we like to see is when uh, these sellers take equity in MBFI going forward instead of cashing out. So those are the things that we uh, really like to see in, in the deals that they've done. And they've done, uh, they've done a really good job of buying these deposit franchises uh, around, in and around the Chicago area. Hey, They're up to, I think, number six now in Chicago. Don, how long have you guys whole, uh, owned it? Oh, gosh, uh, a long time. I, I, I'd have to <laughs> give me one second. I'd Years, though. Here. I think it's, yeah, oh, yeah. No, we first started buying the stock in, uh, you know, gosh, 2012, something like that. So we've owned it for a long time. Right. And I'm just looking at Bloomberg, uh, the great HDS function. And you, it looks like you recently added almost 40,000 uh, shares um, to your holdings. That's as of the kind of end of March filings, financial filings. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, we've been buying. Um, you know, we, we we trade around positions quite a bit, but yeah, we actually have been adding to the position because we we think the story is, you know, one of the better bank stories out there. Uh, when you when you when you think about what they've done over the last, you know, since the last cycle and through this cycle, we think that they're, uh, you know, they're going to continue to do very well with their, uh, right. you know, their their growth by acquisition as well as just exclusive of M and A, just their organic growth. They've they've been able to. We we were expecting mid single digit uh, organic growth this year in loans which should, uh, you know, make them shine above the rest. You've got 34% profit growth just in the last quarter and at an accelerating pace. Let me ask you just about a minute left here. Um, if you could ask the CEO anything, tough question, what would you ask him? Um, I think the, the the question that I'm my most biggest concern with the banks now is credit. I think that uh, you know you have people, uh, well-respected people like Jamie Dimon, saying that credit can't get any better. Uh, that would be the one uh, focus I would have with the CEO is how comfortable are they with their uh, their credit, their reserve positioning, and credit and and recoveries going forward. In terms of uh, just the, the the quality of the of the, of the lending. 
Right, the quality of the loans they're making. In other words, are you are you able to drive this loan growth because of um, you know loosening up your credit standards, or are you comfortable that you're not we're not in in, in you know we're not due for a credit cycle? Well, <laughs> Carol, why don't we ask the CEO that question? We're going to do that in just a moment. Yeah, we've got the CEO coming up uh, in just a minute. Don, thanks for your help and in, in your work in, in, in finding this name and, and, and taking a look at the, giving us a chance to take a better look at this company. So MB Financial, a very interesting uh, uh, bank. Indeed, we'll dig a little bit deeper with the CEO coming up on the idea on the markets. Yeah, it's the idea. We're still focusing on the idea. Special segment focusing at length on a single investing idea and a single stock, and that stock is MB Financial. And the CEO is with us right now, Mitch Feiger. Uh, so glad to have you um, uh, with a look at, at your company. What? How do you try to uh, make your bank do better than other banks? What's different about what you're doing at MB Financial? Uh, good afternoon, Cody and Carol. Thanks for having me on today. Um, we are really focused on building a lower-risk, consistently better return bank. That sounds maybe uh, uh, simple to do or perhaps Pollyannish, but we have some really specific strategies around doing that. And they've really worked well for us. In particular, we're focused on building a balance sheet that has superior profitability and lower risk. So that means high quality loans, which I'm happy to talk about how we do that if you like. It means having a great uh, low cost and stable funding base. I'm a big believer that great banks have great deposit bases. By way of example, 45% 45% of our deposits are non-interest-bearing deposits, uh, which is really incredible, particularly in the Chicago market. And, wait, wait, wait. People are, also, 45% of the people are giving you money, you're not paying them any interest, and they still give you money? Correct. It's amazing. Wait, what's that about? How does that happen? So we're very focused on on uh, fee products, fee-generating products for businesses. And so uh, people who need to move move money, make payments, um, we're very good at helping them do that. And so we have specialty businesses, some focused in Chicago, some spread around the United States, uh, that help companies, primarily companies, uh, uh, make payments and receive payments. And uh, byproduct of that are large-scale deposits. Another byproduct of that, of course, is we get paid fees. And so fees is a critical component of our strategy as well. And 41% of our fees in the first quarter were, uh, were uh, non-interest-bearing fees. That's amazing. Well, let me ask you about that. You know, when I read through your, your uh, um, 10K in the last week, that was the thing that really jumped out at me is this big, big growth in fees, that, which is, and you can see it. You can see it when you've got 13% growth in, in revenues, but 35% growth in, in earnings. It's, 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 it's obviously, you guys are milking this thing for, uh, uh, to a great degree. What is that fee business? Yeah, so, so the way we thought about it coming out of the recession is we, we believe that capital requirements were going to go up, and therefore fee businesses were going to be relatively more beneficial for us. And so we invested in a bunch of fee businesses, some some we had already, some we created. Uh, the biggest ones we have are uh, in the leasing space, where we provide uh, 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 lease, we lease equipment all around the United States. Uh, we have a significant residential mortgage business that's uh, national as well, and we have several specialty treasury businesses that are fee generators and deposit generators, I might add. And we've become very active in the card space, particularly prepaid cards. And uh, those have driven a lot of fees and a lot of deposits. So how much of that 
that fee-based business, which gives you some or a fair amount of visibility, right, and reliability to some extent, how much of that contributes to your top and bottom lines? Well, we don't break out profits from our fee, fee businesses. But how come? We, how come? Um, we, we do our reporting by business segment, so okay. we're kind of focused on our banking segment, our leasing segment, our mortgage segment, um, but we haven't broken out fees for individual products. It really would be an unusual thing, I think, for a public company to break up profits by product. Well, and, and so to that, I mean, so you've seen, seen this big growth in Phoebus. Is there a particular industry that that's revolved around? Um, that's a good question. Uh, no, I don't think there's any one uh, um, segment of the market that dominates our, our fee businesses. I, I, many of them are centered around our middle market commercial banking business. Uh, so, so our bank is is has long been a commercial bank, a real commercial bank in the Chicago marketplace, and we've really uh, centered our strategy on providing banking services to mid-market companies. And so our treasury services and our fee businesses are generally are directed toward those, whether it's capital markets activities, international banking payments, things like that. And then we've taken some and we've brought them national to drive more, more business and more scale. I want to ask you something. We talked with one investor who has been investing in your stock, your company, for years, adding two positions. And um, one of their biggest concerns are, they like you, obviously, that's why they've they've got those positions, but, you know, um, the quality of the loans that you're making and, and what's driving loan growth, is it because you're loosening any of your loan standards or no? No. No, it's not. But you know, but it's very difficult making high-quality loans today. The markets are very competitive. We've invested a lot in people, very talented people who can source good loans, uh, whatever business segment they're in. Uh, most of our loans and most of our loan growth comes from our middle market commercial banking business. Um, but we also have an asset-based uh, lending business that's national, led by a fantastic team of very experienced people. We have a leasing business that generates a lot of loans as well. Also, we've been in the, we've been in that business for 40 years. Uh, a comment on just credit in in, in general. I think uh, the economy has been so steady for so many years now, coming out of the recession. That credit quality across the industry is just fantastic, um, as it as it has has been here. I think that when it eventually turns, people will learn who has been sticking to solid credit policies, sound credit policies, and who hasn't. I'd like to think that. We're one of those companies that's been very cautious and careful about uh, staying with good credit practices. Well, really a fascinating company, Mitchell. We've been glad to focus on it for most of this last hour. I'm going to keep digging into MB Financial because it's, it's one where you're seeing some great results. Uh, M- Mitch Feiger, the uh, CEO of MB Financial, based in Chicago. Uh, glad to have your time.